Well, there's a new documentary that I watched over the weekend that I would highly recommend to you. It's not long, but it's very revealing. At the height of the 2020 Black Lives Matter, the BLM riots in downtown Chicago, Juan Riesco, co-owner of Nini's Deli, was pressured to proclaim support of BLM. Now, it was a hugely popular Latino-owned restaurant and it was operating in a minority neighborhood. So it made Yuan a sought-after voice in the highly charged social justice environment. But Yuan is a Christian and could not endorse the anti-Christian, anti-family, pro-abortion beliefs of the Black Lives Matter organization. But he did believe black people, as well as all people, mattered to God. What happened next will stun you. So Juan Riesco grew Nini's Deli from its humble origins to number one in Chicago on Yelp before Black Lives Matter movement cancelled it in early June 2020. His parents were immigrants from Cuba and Mexico. They started the small business and Juan took the reins during a transitional period in his life in which he converted to Christianity after living as a homosexual in San Francisco. And the business was hugely popular. Kind of sensing if you serve every person at Nini's, as if you're serving Christ, there would be blessings here. So here I have these slow cooked shredded chicken empanada with the cucumber salsa. I would take that approach as if I was serving Christ with every person. And I remember when we would have one, two, three customers every hour, I would go so hard for them, make sure their table was good, welcome them into my family space. I would tell them parts of our family story, explain the concepts behind the menu, get to know their families, their allergies, where they lived, how they traveled, if they rode their bike or took the CTA to the shop. For the first three years, I did that tirelessly. It got to a point where we would have a line of people out the door. And I knew Joe, I knew Kevin from Texas. And I had a customer, I remember it was his first time coming and he said, how do you know every person in line? And their orders, and their family's names and their family's family's names. And I said, when we were slow, I didn't see them as customers. I saw them as people I could love. And it wasn't me, it was Christ using me to befriend and to love and to serve the people that came in. And it was really that approach that allowed us to become, over the years, the highest rated restaurant on Yelp in Chicago. Why is Nini's Chicago's best? What makes Nini's truly Chicago best is our love for people and our love for our community. Every time I come in, they treat you like your family. I like that they're so personable. It's like being in your family's house. Juani just makes this a really welcoming environment. Due to the success the Lord had given us at Nini's, organizations wanted to work with us. So for instance, Adidas called on us to collaborate on a t-shirt and to help promote their new store, which was super cool. It was their largest flagship in the nation. Nike had hit us up to um, design our own Nini's Deli Air Force One which was pretty cool. I got to design all the colors, the insole, the tongue tag, and all those things. And then they released it just for Nini's Deli employees and friends and family. And I had a brand that I ran concurrently with Nini's. That was called Chicago Native. Yelp came and did a whole you know, treatment of our story and our family business because we were rated top 100 in the nation three years in a row. Um, I got private tours of the United Center, which is where the Bulls play. I was able to give a keynote presentation at the Apple Store. I had passed a TED Talk to my assistant because I didn't you know, feel like doing a TED Talk that week. 
you know, we were on Spanish News, we were on WGN, the Tribune. We did a marketing campaign with the Chicago Fire soccer team where they took pictures at our restaurant and they put us all over different uh, Chicago Transit Authority buses and train stations. And we did a commercial with the Chicago White Sox. I mean, I had Derrick Rose wearing clothing that I designed. You know, Chance the Rapper wore clothing I made on interviews he did with Complex Magazine and things like this. Those organizations, those very people that were so grateful for my work in the community that were so happy to partner with me were some of the first people to publicly denounce me. Yeah, and uh, as you can see, incredibly uh, successful business. But after the death of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement promoted posting a black square on social media to so show solidarity with the cause. And when Juan failed to take this step, hundreds of people went online to accuse him of racism. And Juan gently responded to each individual by explaining he was a Christian, he could not endorse the anti-Christian beliefs of the Black Lives Matter organization but that he did believe black people, as well as all people, mattered to God. Uh, and here's exactly what he posted. Nini's Daly believes that all people are created equal in the image of God. We do not promote or agree with racism and hatred of any kind. In light of the current events, we want to let our city and nation know that we mourn with you. We pray for justice for George Floyd's family, friends, and the entire community that is hurting. We believe that all black lives matter, and we know that only God can bring about the justice that is deserved. As a Christian, we stand against all injustice and will always serve our communities with love, grace, and integrity, no matter your race, gender, or background. We apologize for not making this statement earlier. We want to serve you, Chicago. Well, the response, uh, well, it'll surprise you. Everything's like back to back, right? Like George Floyd, that incident hit. The internet blew up. You know, um, everybody started to take their stance. We were attending a church at the time, right before they started closing down all of the churches. The preacher was basically, you know, in a pulpit and he was, that's all he would talk about. You know, it's social justice, social justice. Black you this, know, black, black that. this, black mm -hmm. that. I, me having such a personal relationship with Jesus, I never was concerned about my color. Like I never was concerned about him looking at me and accepting me because of my blackness. You know, so it threw me off. We started seeing people become very passionate about race, about color. It was very heartbreaking to watch our city burn. It was very heartbreaking to watch people trash a city that we grew up in, that we love, that we do ministry in. When you see BLM protesters burning down a city in the name of an injustice, they have now created another injustice that some would argue is even worse than the injustice that they're facing. Yeah, so the city was being destroyed, businesses were being destroyed, communities were destroyed, lives were destroyed, and the pressure was on Yuan. When he didn't comply, he lost his corporate contracts, he was public enemy number one. Yuan started being propositioned by some of his Instagram followers to show support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Because he himself is Latino and has always worked in the minority community of Chicago, they really wanted him to share BLM, post up the hashtag, do something along those lines, and they were disappointed that he wasn't. I remember when organizations and every person, Christian, secular, professor, factory worker, whoever it was, started to bombard social media with the black square. People were told in the BLM movement to look at businesses on Wednesday that hadn't shared a black square. And so Juan had not shared a black square, and now his post on Wednesday was getting blowed up. We were a restaurant focused on service and food. We didn't post any type of political movement, social movement, that was never who we were. I was very adamant about staying in our lane, and I was having people that were close to me trying to out me over text or trying to push me to make some sort of public statement over text. I noticed right away that Wani was getting a lot of attention, not good attention on Instagram and Facebook. By Wednesday, I was getting bombarded heavily 
people were commenting, why haven't you posted BLM? Why haven't you shared the Black Lives Matter website where people can donate? Why haven't you given money to the organization? Um, I knew a lot of eyes were on me. I knew these corporations were like, what is one gonna do here? And I had to make a choice. I actually reached out to him and helped him write the statement that he put out, uh, just letting them know that we love our black brothers and sisters. Like, we really tried to communicate that. We made a post saying, we believe all lives matter because all lives are made in the image of God. And when I posted that, all hell broke loose. People were so angry, so upset at Wani. They didn't like that it was so hard for him just to go along with BLM and they just couldn't understand it. So they missed the entire nuance that he was trying to make. Emails, death threats, one-star reviews started flooding in. My phone was just one-star reviews, one second. One-star reviews, other seconds. People started trying to extort me, saying, you and your family need to crack open your wallets and give the BLM movement money. We're gonna come riot. We're gonna burn Nini's down. You are racist. How could you ever say all lives matter? This has nothing to do with all lives. This is only about black lives. When I saw Nini's daily and how a lot of people were attacking Juan on Twitter and Instagram, just seeing how people were just so forceful and trying to make him do something, you know, mm -hmm. like it was just, it was, it was very hateful. Before Blackout Tuesday, I had companies like Nike calling me saying, we want to schedule the next 12 months of work with you. It was very interesting for me to see just how fickle that relationship really was. You know, Nike publicly denouncing me, the Chicago Fire soccer team saying that they denounced the things that I've said that, I, you know, they denounced all forms of racism. Topo Chico hit me up to tell me I'm canceled within moments, you know, gone. So one business after another, Nike, et cetera, went out there and, and denounced them. So uh, they just lost all their all their business partnerships um, for having this stance. Countless comments came in. And I saw all of those comments as an opportunity to preach the gospel. No matter how vicious they were, I knew these people needed Christ. I took some time to individually respond to the hate messages and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And it got to a point where it was a bit overwhelming and I couldn't respond and I couldn't keep up. I said to Juan, why don't we come out to your store tomorrow? We'll preach, we'll give out free empanadas and everybody can meet you, they can meet us and we can have discussion. They had essentially laid out their game plan to me. If you don't give us money, if you don't say what we want you to say, we're gonna come protest, someone might burn you down. And I'd let them know, if y'all are gonna come protest, we're gonna come preach. Ah, yeah, well, the next day, hundreds of protesters showed up, but not to hear the gospel. Uh, BLM and social justice did not want the gospel. But one preached the gospel to them. And the next day, thousands of people showed up and BLM was still not interested in the gospel. There was people there that we had served faithfully for years protesting against us. People I went to grade school and high school with that I loved that have my phone number that could have just called me to hear my perspective. There were graduates from Bible colleges protesting against us. And it especially hurt when it was people who identified as Christian. It became really clear to me that social justice, BLM, was drawing a line in the sand for believers. And I was seeing it instantly in the body. Um, I would have fellow brothers message me like, God would affirm BLM and affirm social justice and affirm critical race theory. And you just don't understand the real gospel. And I had at first taken the bait of those conversations from people who I love. They graduated from awesome Christian institutions, or at least institutions that I thought were awesome, saying, if you hear the plan of social justice, you would believe that God was on, on the side of the social justice movement. It was overtly obvious to me that they were saying, you don't understand social justice 
And I, as your Christian brother, am going to teach you about this movement and how it parallels the move of God. When I think about BLM, all I see is just a violent, raging spirit, very unforgiving, very belittling, and always, you know, pointing fingers and condemning. So the Black Lives Matter movement doesn't represent me at all because it stands with things that are against the Bible, stands with the LGBTQ community, stands with abortion, stands with uh, Marxism, you know, stands against the family, the household of the home, you know what I mean? Me growing up with not, not having a dad, I understand the, the damage of that and what, you know, how a you know, child needs their dad, they need their mom, they need the family household. Yeah, well, uh, Yuan received thousands of death threats, had to flee the city in the middle of the night to escape. But the protesters also targeted every family member of Yuan's, including contacting their employers and calling on employers to sack them. Yep, family members. They targeted every church member in Yuan's church. They found out where the Bible studies were. They threatened to burn down the church. Emails, hate mail. Even as he lost his business and experienced betrayal by friends, Juan's faith in Christ and resolve grew. And Juan considers the story of Nini's to be a victory story as many have come to Christ and been inspired by his courage. And they relocated to Dallas after continual threats in Chicago and he's helped plant a church there. You know, as I watched this documentary, it reminded me that with every movement, from the far right or the far left, there is completely unacceptable behavior. But groups like the Disinformation Unit and other so-called researchers in New Zealand would have you believe that only far right groups add bad, act badly. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. This video is ample evidence. But until we acknowledge that point and also look behind slogans like Black Lives Matter and critical theory, and see the agenda that's really being driven, an anti-family agenda, we will never be able to have the discussion and resolve the issues that they claim they want to solve. Ultimately, it's where any movement stands in relation to the authority of the gospel, the word of God. And for BLM and also far-right white supremacy groups, they fail this test. That's where the real discussion lies. Check out the documentary, I'll put the link in the description. And I'll be interested to hear what you think after watching it. Uh, look, just before I go, also, I uh, was as I was preparing this McBlog, PragerU released this short clip on Twitter about Orlando Magic forward Jonathan Isaac, who neither knelt nor wore a Black Lives Matter shirt and instead stood for the national anthem while wearing his jersey. And he cited the gospel as his explanation during his post-game media interview we watched were so gallantly streaming there was a lot of pressure on all the nba players to kneel for the national anthem and to wear the black lives matter t-shirt the shirt was just in your locker we didn't have any other options so i decided to just go out there without a shirt on without a warm-up on you know players and coaches and the entire organization had been talking about it for a few days before that and we had a team meeting early on and, and guys said you know this is what we want to do we want to kneel and it turned into a team only meeting and one of my teammates turned towards me and says Jonathan what are you going to do and I said fellas I'm not going to put that t-shirt on I'm not going to kneel and uh you know chaos broke out oh my gosh this is going to be crazy you know it's going to be everywhere but I, I I knew what I was standing for was dear to me I knew I believed that 
the, the gospel was going to be the answer for the world, that all of us saying that we all fall short of God's glory, and that if we're throwing stones at anybody else at a different color, at a different individual, we're throwing stones from a, from a glass house because we've done wrong too. We all in need of grace.